that the Kazari brings is the Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim in Yamsuf. And now we get into the second point of the, what the Kazari says. And then it's after the experience of Yamsuf, the next point he brings is that the king responds to that first argument and he accepts it. Amar Kazari. It's definitely something which is miraculous. It comes from Hashem. The story of the Mitzrayim. He's going to explain why he accepted it. And therefore, whatever mitzvahs are based in the Mitzrayim, we have to accept. There's no way to doubt any of the points which I mentioned. There wasn't another way we know of, of causing the same things to happen through magic, through sorcery. It can't be someone's imagination because there was a physical difference. They started off as slaves to the Egyptians. They land up being free and the Egyptians are dead. So it's not something which a person could have imagined that they saw or that they heard or that whatever it was and they land up in the same situation that they were before. Right? There was a physical change which you can't explain by saying maybe they dreamed it, they imagined it. That's what he's going to say. If they imagined the makas, the fact that the sea is split, and went through it, you can't imagine that they're no longer slaves. And the fact that the people who subjugated them are now dead. We have all their money. So, to say that a person witnessed something spiritual, they had a certain vision, a certain idea, it might be imagination. It might be hallucination. At the end of it, the person's right back to where he started. But when there's such dramatic change in where they started, where they finished, they started off as slaves in Egypt, they ended up as being free with the Egyptians dead and they had taken all the money. You can't imagine that. There's too many facts which uh, aren't just a matter of something a person could have thought of or dreamed of. Second argument, he says, There was a bigger nice after that. And that is, They survived in the Midbar for 40 years. A place where there was no vegetation, there's nothing to eat. So how did they live there? Hashem created the food which He brought down to them every day. Obviously, Milvada Shabbos. Shabbos, the man didn't fall, the rest of the days it fell. And they survived, they lived in that for 40 years. Now, why is it that Yosem is It's a bigger name than Yosem Israel. Really, the Yavits, and he's in. When he talks about Sidra uh, Yavitz on Pesach, he brings this Kazari and he explains him. He says that the nest of the survival in the Midbar was a bigger nest than Yitzhak Mitzrayim. And why? He says because something which happened once, a once-off event, is not as big a nest as something which happens constantly for a long time. And therefore, a street creates Yamsuf in the scope of a nest, and the dramatic nature of the nest was much bigger. But Lemaisa, it was a once-off event. Masha'enka and Klayishal's survival in the Midbar was something which continued day after day for 40 years. Why does something like that make it a bigger nest? So, there's two different points. The one is, Pashat, it's uh, the fact that if you want to see Hashem's involvement, the fact that he, that he it's every single day, it's something which is constant, you see much more about the Shabbat Hu's interaction than a once of thing. But what the Kuzari wants to remember, and that's what's going to get here, is... There's no, it's less explainable any other way. Right? A once-off event, even though he says it also, we don't have any other explanation for. 
right? Batlemaisa, this is something which is a constant, which we see happening again and again and again and again. You can't put it down to chance or something which, any kind of fluke accident, whatever it is. It's a steady process which keeps happening. And therefore he says, the fact that Klaishal survives in the Midbar, again, it's not something you can imagine. How did they survive for 40 years? Where were they? They, they, we, we know they left Egypt. We know when they came to Knan. It was 40 years later. So for the entire interim period, they survived. So we don't have to come to what they thought or what they saw or what they heard. The very fact that they're still around is a, nice, is a, a proof to a next which happens to happen. Well, the length of the month is for the month. Just like this kind of the wind causing the sea to split is also ridiculous because no one's ever seen such a thing. Right. Winds or so many tides can make the water come in, make the water go out, whatever it is. But for water to split is a... Is a, a I've, I've seen it. I've, I've yeah, seen I know it. they argue it, but I'm saying it's, it's, not a, it's not something which makes sense because it's not something you can show an example of happening anywhere. If you would have said, look, we've seen this kind of occurrence naturally somewhere else, so maybe that has happened in the, in the Yamsuf as well, there'd be what to talk about. But we've never seen such a thing. So to invent that maybe once off such a fluke thing happened, doesn't make sense, especially since we don't have a scientific explanation how it could have happened. But there's no, like I said, there isn't another way to explain the mind. Because we don't have something to compare it to. And that's what the Khazari says in this also. There's no way to push away this proof. What happened for, continually for 40 years, the Shaykh Mirs Elif Ish. For 600,000 men, Vanilv and their families. If that's what so many people are claiming, how they lived for so long, there's no way to argue with that. And if that's the case, what the Guzari takes out of this, the king takes out of this, If that's the case, we have a, we have an obligation to keep Shabbos. And this is the interesting point. The Guzari is learned from the Chacham how to think. Right? We don't think of the man as being a Mechaev to keep Shabbos. We think of the Mechayi to keep Shabbos as Maizib right? But the Kuzari says that if you see that every day, six days out of six, the month falls and on Shabbos it doesn't, right? So that same clarity that you have, that this must have been miraculous, also proves that you must keep Shabbos. Because you, admit, you, you yourself are testifying the month didn't fall on Shabbos. The month didn't fall on Shabbos. And if that's the case, obviously, it meant, we meant to learn from that that we're not meant to do things on Shabbos. You're right. Shabbos Muzar Alav Mizeh. You can learn the obligation of Shabbos from here. When we bring a Sa'olim Shabbos Mevereshes, and also from the Bria. We mention the Asid Zacher, where Hashem said Har Sinai. Now, in other words, it's true. The really the Mechayev of Shabbos is Mevereshes because that's when Hashem stopped all his labors on Shabbos. Except, like the Kuzari said at the very beginning, we didn't see that. So we accept it and we not. And that's why there's the Mechayi for Shabbos. But over here, the same evidence that we're saying that Klai shall all experienced that they lived in the desert with the man, so they experienced Shabbos. They, it wasn't just a mitzvah. It was an experience. We, we, we saw, we felt ourselves that Shabbos is something different. There's no man on Shabbos. Okay. And then... Is there a lot of Kachayu? Yes. There's a new meaning there. Right. 100%. On, in Vayichulu, it says, So in Chazal say, 
Ali Kaddish already said that the Naman didn't fall on Shabbos. So the few what the Gazer is saying, yeah? The Eidus uh, the that we meant to keep Shabbos, that we saw ourselves, is we saw that HaKadosh Baruch didn't send Naman on Shabbos. Right. Vosha Ami Masha, Emino B'Masha Ba Moshe, Achra Moshe Ma'ele. Some proof would just be from Klaishal and the Midbar. So there could be a potential to say, you know, maybe they, they had some other Mahalach and the Jews them, between themselves uh, made up the story. It's not a great counter argument because what would the other option be? But it, it's an internal thing. So that's why it starts to arrive from Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim involved the Mitzrayim. They definitely weren't part of a conspiracy, conspiracy theory of creating the story. And there's not, they, 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 they lost out from it. So the Torah is telling us a factual account of what happened to the Mitzrayim. The second raya he brings is this, the raya of the, the survival in the Midbar. Because that's something which, like we said, the nice there was it kept up for a long time. It wasn't a once-off thing. It was a Hanhaga which lasted for many years. And now lastly, he's going to get to Matan Torah. And he says, Even though the Manasseh had, they could see Nesim and they believed what Moshe is bringing Nesim, but there was another point which wasn't clear to them. Nishar bin Afshaysam Sofik, Echidaber Halekimim Adam. How does Hashem, who's a spiritual entity, make himself heard to a physical human being? In other words, there was definitely a, a clarity of Hashkacha. There was definitely a clarity of Imuna. But there wasn't yet the proof of Nevo. Right? Klaishal hadn't seen a proof of Nevo. Now, even though Moshe Rabbeinu, everything he said, he said Bashem Hashem. Like we said at the beginning, that's not proof. When one person comes along and says something, I was told, what's the proof? Who said, who said he was told? So even though Moshe was right, and this is an important point, even though Moshe was right, everything he said happened, happened, and like we said, that's the proof for a Novi. So if Moshe would have come along and said, I'm a prophet, Hashem speaks to me, and the Raya is, I'll predict exactly what's going to happen in Mitzrayim before it happens, then Halpi Allah would accept him, that's a Novi. But that's a Novi. But there's still a point which isn't, which wasn't completely clear to the rabbim, and that is they had never experienced what nevuah means, right? And that's why it's an interesting thing. It's after Matan Torah that Hashem brings the din of the navi, right? That uh, once Klaishal had all experienced Matan Torah, so now you understand if someone is coming to speak b'shem Hashem, so it's a continuation of the same nevuah that you all heard of Matan Torah, because once the principle of nevuah was something which Klaishal had themselves experienced, and they can understand the principle. How do we know somebody is a real Novi? He'll come and tell us what's going to happen, and he's accurate. Before that, even if they would accept the Novi, there wasn't the Raya for Nebuah. There wasn't the proof. And that's why Matan Torah added another dimension to the Nisim of Mitzrayim and to the Midbar. And that is, in the, Mitzrayim, in the Midbar and in Mitzrayim, what they saw was Hashkacha. What they saw was HaKadosh Baruch Hu's control. That he's in charge, and he runs the world. They hadn't yet seen a raya that HaKadosh Baruch deals can talk to people. Now there's another point here. Right, Moshe kept saying that Hashem told me and then it happened. Like I just said, that's true. Moshe said Hashem said it happened. Klaishal had never experienced that. If you want the rabbim to be to say that we saw the raya, they hadn't seen the raya. They had seen that Moshe said it happened and it happened. So they said Moshe was a Novi. But had they experienced the Bible? No. And therefore, Matan Torah adds another dimension onto the, the proof so far. And that is, Klaishal didn't just see that HaKadosh Baruch was in control, they, they saw also this principle that HaKadosh Baruch speaks to people. That it's possible for Hashem to communicate with the human being. Why is it necessary if they saw the first level of, of proof 
Because, the, again, if that would be proof that Moshe was a Navi. If we accept this principle called Nevo, then for sure, the fact that Moshe can accurately predict what's going to happen and it happens is a proof to Nevo. Right? But Klaishal themselves have never experienced Nevo. Because, like, like everything, all the Nisim Hashem did was call Yisrael, and everyone should see it. So there should be the proof of the rabbi that everyone, no one's saying we heard from him or someone else told us we heard it ourselves, we saw it with our own eyes. So what we're going to add to Matan Torah is an extra level, and that is that Klaishal heard the word themselves. This was something that hadn't happened before. Now, what does this add? The master, belief in Hashem they already had. Right, it says, They already believe in Hashem. What, what extra level does the word add? The three points. The three points. Number one, what we call the Munah that HaKadosh Baruch instructs people. The fact that Hashem is in control means He runs the world. Who says He can tell people what He wants them to do? He says He can, He says He's interested. But, you know, that He wants, that there's a Mahalach that Hashem tells people what they should do. Uh, we can see from Matan Torah, I mean from Yitzhak Mitzrayim, we can see from the Midbar, that yes, Hashem is in charge, Hashem runs the world. He's all-powerful and He can make this and happen. But now, the next point is, okay, we can accept that. Where do we know that Hashem is an expectation from the person? So Hashem can do what He wants, but again, but again, where do we see that Hashem has an expectation from people, that He is mitzvah them to do things? He played with the Mitzvah like he can, like a chessboard. Any, everything in nature, he can move, he can act, he can, he's in control of it. But it's not like he gave him a commandment, now go do what I said. He made him do it. What you want is another point. And that is Hashem is instructing people because he wants people to do something. There's an expectation. There's an expectation for people. Yes, we do. That was in order to be Zechot to the Mitzvah. In other words, it was, it was most of them, going by an exception, but mostly it was in order to be zeichel and they needed tzchusim. The idea of Matan Torah was that Hashem is an expectation for people forever. That there's a network, that's the, the, the added element of Nevoah, is that when Hashem tells you, well, this is what I want you to do, so now there's an expectation for the person. The Ramam writes this. The Ramam writes that there's three halakim in a moon. It's possible to the person has a moon that Hashem runs the world. But the next thing is, who's Hashem is an expectation from the person? The second level, what we call a monosatire, which was matantire basically, is that it's not just that Hashem runs the world. The next point is Hashem expects something from people. He created a person to, a person to do something and He's given a person a mission. That principle comes from matantire. That principle comes from matantire. And therefore, like we said, if the emuna of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's power in the world, the emuna of Hashem is the creator comes from Yitzhak Mitzrayim, where we saw, like Hashem says himself, the man tzedukani Hashem bekerav aretz, the man tzedukani Hashem. Let me show you the the second category of emuna, and that is that Hashem now has an expectation of the person, and it's mechay the person to do something that we saw in Matan Torah. So that's the extra level over here. There's a second point. There's a second point, and that is the emuna of, of the, what we saw at. Sinai was another level also. It wasn't just the fact that Hashem can control the world. And He can make things happen miraculously. That we saw before. That we saw in Mitzrayim. There's another, there's another Nukudah. And this is another Mishra. 
may be the biggest chesed, which we saw in Harsinai. And uh, it's something which has been the source of Klaishal's continuity ever since then. And that is, and this we're going to see why they have to see it, so, so obviously that was at Harsinai, that is, until then, Hashem acted, so to speak, as Hashem, as the Creator, as the one in charge. He acts as Hashem. And yes, we saw in Rishon that Hashem Baruch is in control, He runs the world. But it wasn't in the sense of Hashem having any allegiance to Klai Yisrael. He acted as Hashem. He acted as the Creator. What happens by Bahar Sinai is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu now reveals himself as Elekei Yisrael. And therefore, so to speak, Hashem has identified himself with Klai Yisrael. And therefore, what happens to Klai Yisrael, so to speak, reflects on Hashem. Because now Hashem isn't just the Creator, the one, the one who runs the world, the one who creates the world. Now Hashem is going to identify Himself as Elikei Yisrael, the God of Klai Yisrael. And if that's the case, the way the world sees Hashem is as the God of Klai Yisrael. Which means, which means, it's an amazing thing, which means that, so to speak, how Kodesh Baruch Hu acts is through the lens of Elikei Yisrael. Until then, Akash Baruch could act with the miracles as the Creator. No, no, he has no association or identity with any nation specifically. He's the Creator. He's in charge. Now, Mamat Torah adds a second dimension. And that is, HaKadosh Baruch Hu acts as Elikei Yisrael. And therefore, there's a responsibility to Klai Yisrael. Because Hashem has now identified Himself, so to speak, as Elikei Yisrael. This is a tremendous point. This is a tremendous point. That didn't happen in Tzitzit, sorry. Not yet. Not yet. That was the bridge of That was the bridge of Arsina. Or, or Hashem. Mm-hmm. There's a control in the world, and Hashem wants us to have. Hashem will make what He wants happen. Here there was a bridge. But here there was a bridge. And that's the second point we saw. Right. We're going to see it in Arsina. There was a second aspect. Not just that Hashem has expectations from a person, but that Hashem identified Himself as the God of Klaishra. And that's something unique. Now, this is what you're going to see also. That's why before you see us Mitzrayim, all the other nations were offered the chance, so to speak, to be part of that also. They all rejected it. Right? Right. The mission of the world. 100%. But Hashem reciprocated for that. Hashem reciprocated to Klai Yisrael's accepting that mission by identifying Himself in Azalek Yisrael. That's Hashem's side of the priest. That was part of creation, that there should be a mission for the world. That was part of creation. Which that could needed. have been part of creation, that Kodeshem could have identified with all men. We said in Ephra Shachayim that every single, that really when Hashem created Adam Arishan, there was a mission for man, Adam didn't keep it up. All the diaries after Adam, with the exception of Avram, Yisak, and Yaakov, also didn't keep it up. And here again, Hashem offers all the other nations a chance to be part of that divine mission for man, which he's going to reveal. He hasn't told it to people yet. But that was the first part of my time. That there's a mission, there's an expectation, there's a mission for, for humanity. And now the second point is, and this was also needed, the, the Gilui, the revelation of Har Sinai, and that is that as, as a result of Klaishal accepting that mission, Hashem now identifies himself as the God of Israel. This is a very important point. It's a very important point because it goes back to the first argument that the Chacham told to Kuzari. And that is that we don't, ex- we don't see Hashem as being so to speak, all the goyim have to keep uh, the mitzvahs. We don't see them as all deserving of Yom Abba. Klai Yisrael is a category on the side. It's not uh, that we expect the whole humanity to be like us. 
Kaisros is a separate category, and they have that they have their own, they have a responsibility, and they have a privilege which no one else has. And he's coming back to that now. That's what, that wasn't meant in Yisus Mitzrayim. After Yisus Mitzrayim, when Hashem goes to all the Omis, do you want to accept the Torah? They could have accepted the Torah. You've all seen Hashem is in control. But even if they didn't, they didn't experience it, they saw it. They heard about the Nisim which happened at Yamzuf. They heard about what happened to Mitzrayim. So there was a, a, the whole world could see Hashem is in control. Now, the second point of it is, if that's the case, do you want to be part of a covenant with Hashem? Do you want to be obligated so to do what Hashem wants or not? And that's why it wasn't that Kilo Klaisha went through Mitzrayim, so they had a, a, a better chance of accepting Torah than anybody else. Mitzrayim was something the whole world saw. It says Mitzrayim. And what it showed was Hashem's in control. So now that you've seen the first part, that Hashem's in control, so now the offer is there. You want to be part of the mission Hashem has for humanity. And the Maisa, the Goim didn't take it up. They lost their chance. From now on, HaKadosh Baruch Hu ident- identifies himself as a Lekai Yisra. The only one who did it was Yisra. He was the only one who took it. The only exception to this was Yisra. Right. He, 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 uh, what everybody could have done, Yisra did. And Yisra was included in Yisra. We came again. Afterwards. At the time, the only girl was Yisra. You asked. Any girl later on wants to do the same thing. He's following this in the same path. The Arab Rav is a good question. Because on the one hand, they joined the Jewish people in the Midbar. On the other hand, they never fully integrated into the Jewish people. As we see, they were never part of the Machane, they always were the troublemakers. So it seems like they were what the Gemara calls Gerim Guri. People who wanted to join because they saw Klaishal were now on the upper hand and therefore it was an expedient thing to do. It was a correct move to make. But Lemaisa, they never actually joined Klaishal as an integral part of Klaishal. Okay, so that's really so good. Tonight, and tomorrow, we'll see inside how he's going to explain why this was the, uh, the unique nace that we saw in Hasinah.